The First Butterfly, Episode 25 A novel written by Jason Calibre, narrated by Chris Bander. Chapter 24 Keith stood in the parking lot and studied the waterlogged duplex. The fire from the previous day was gone, leaving behind the odor of smoke. Scorch marks stained doorframes and the stucco above broken windows. A black, jagged-edged hole measuring several feet across marred the center of the roof. Aside from that, the outer shell of the building remained intact. From a far enough distance, the building might appear somewhat normal. Even the damp brown lawn looked the same, if you paid no attention to the water and tire tracks left behind by fire trucks. Workers clustered around an empty hole that was once Reuben's window. Keith thought back to the last conversation with his former friend and frowned. Hey, mind if I go inside? Keith asked the group in general, as he pointed to his apartment. Their apparent leader, a heavily muscled man dressed in a torn t-shirt and paint-splattered jeans, stepped forward glanced at Keith, and then stopped as he noticed his suit. You and Inspector, you're late. The others have been and gone already. I'm not an inspector. Keith could not keep the annoyance from his voice. I'm just a guy who used to live here. Sorry, you just had that look. No offense taken. I used to be one. Can I go inside? Boss around back. Talk to him. No one enters without his say-so. The man answered then turned to help the others lift a large piece of plywood to cover the opening. Keith heard the clank of something metallic hitting the concrete sidewalk as he turned the corner. Reuben was there, leaning on his cane with one hand while sifting through a mound of debris with the other. You've probably forgotten anyway, Keith said. But that orange extension cord is mine. To his surprise, he was unable to detect the smell of cheap cologne emanating from the landlord. He paused a moment and considered whether the odor of smoke masked it or if the fire consumed Reuben's entire supply. Keith hoped it was the latter. The prospect of never choking on that scent again brought a smile to his face. Go ahead. Reuben straightened up and faced him. Take the damn thing. It's trashed anyway. Look, I need to get inside and see if anything survived. Mind telling the workers to let me in? Keith pulled what was left of the extension cord from the pile and discovered Reuben told the truth. It was little more than scorched insulation and exposed copper wire. Why, Bendejo? Reuben spat. Forgot to clear out your stuff before starting the fire? Let's get something straight. Keith began. I did not start that fire. And another thing. I found out through Gina that you're not nearly as Mexican as you pretend. So you can just drop the Spanish. You don't even know me, Reuben retorted. Evidently not. And I don't know who or what caused the fire, but I can tell you this. I didn't do it. Now, are you going to let me in or not? How can you even say that? It started in your apartment. I saw the smoke coming through your wall, Pendejo. I don't care where it started. Blame someone else. Did you ever consider it might be the fact that the building was unsafe to begin with? I told you it wasn't up to code. A missing smoke detector didn't start the fire. 
Maybe you're being too cheap to get a professional to rewire the electrical outlets, did? The fire marshal seemed to think so. Did you ever consider that? No, because I did the job right. Now that I think about it, you threatened to burn everything down when you found out Gina was staying with me. Keith accused him, although he knew the cause was officially due to an electrical short. He still could not resist continuing with the bluff, for no other reason than getting under Reuben's skin. You know, I should give that police sergeant a call. I still have her card. You believe I did this? Reuben pointed at the duplex. Look. Keith shook his head. I don't think it was you either. It was just one of those things. And I didn't come here to argue with you. You going to let me into my place or not? Reuben scowled at him before limping towards the front of the building. Come on. I'll tell them to let you in. We need to hurry. They're boarding things up. If they've covered your door, you're out of luck. They returned to the front of the duplex to see workers positioning plywood over the entrance to Keith's apartment. Reuben waved the group back and they stepped aside. Keith thanked him and passed through the open doorway and into a place where the familiar turned into a dark alien landscape. He choked on the sour, acrid smell that enveloped him, and for a moment he doubted the air was breathable. He pulled out a handkerchief from his pants pocket, held it over his mouth and nose before exiting and retrieving a penlight from his car's glove compartment. Then he ran back, and aided by a small beam of light, Keith examined his surroundings in earnest. His fastidious nature rebelled at the ash and debris filling his home. For the first time, he experienced a deep sense of loss. Although he did not possess much, what he did have was now irretrievably gone. The fire burned the living room almost beyond recognition. A twisted metal frame and springs sticking out of a pile of ashes marked the remains of his sofa bed. The wallboard had fallen away, revealing charred studs. The damage appeared centered where the side wall met the front exterior wall. Millicent's computer sat there reduced to nothing more than a husk enclosing warped components on top of a solidified pool of melted plastic. Keith cringed as a soot-laden drop struck his cheek and hastily wiped it away with his handkerchief. A glance upwards to track its source revealed more destruction. The water from fire hoses ravaged the ceiling. Streamers of soaked material trailed downwards from the ceiling boards and gave the interior a cave-like appearance. Keith hoped to salvage something from the kitchen or bathroom, but it took only a single glance to reveal that everything was a total loss. There was no way around it, he concluded. His possessions were destroyed. He exited the apartment as Reuben leaned on his cane and told the construction crew to board up the door. Do you still want the extension cord? Reuben asked, not bothering to keep the contempt from his voice. No, keep the thing. Keith replied. You didn't have any intention of returning it anyway. Hey! Reuben began, but Keith cut him short. Don't even start, he said, and for once, someone else stood open-mouthed as Keith left. Thank you for listening to The First Butterfly, Episode 25, Chapter 24. This episode was written and produced by Jason Calibre, featuring the voice talents of Chris Bander and Jay Cal. Cover art for the podcast and ebook provided by Nancy Aphrodite. Theme music, Sun Still Rises, provided by Wanderbeats. 
please visit our website, thefirstbutterfly.com, for a complete list of attributions, links, and other information concerning this patio book. You can help support this podcast by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. As always, we wish you all the best and look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Until then, have a wonderful week.